What's up, Marlboro Softball? Scott Seidenberg here. Another episode of Marlboro Softball Talk. We are 20% through the season, I guess. I guess, you know, 22 divided by 4 is like 5 and a half, I think. Uh, Yeah, so maybe like 20% or so, or a little less than that through the season. So why not take this opportunity to update the preseason power rankings. Joining me on this episode is Mitch Pollock. Uh, Pollock will join me throughout the year as we continue to update the power rankings. This is the second incarnation as we had the preseason power rankings. And now after three, four games, we have version 2.0. Some would say it could be a little early to update the power rankings. But as I said in the intro, we're about 20% or so through the season. And if there's going to be several incarnations of the power rankings, Why not take this time now after four games to kind of change or see how things change from the preseason, right? Yeah, I don't know if in the past we started playing Wednesday night games later in the season because I thought I used to make it a tradition where the first uh, updated power rankings would come out before the first Wednesday night game. So I was was actually kind of happy that we had a rain out (laughs) so that uh, it gives us a couple of extra games. Okay. To judge by. Uh, yeah, yeah. So each team has played four games for the most part. I know Goddard's only played three, and they have a doubleheader coming up uh, this week. Same with Lombardi. They've only played uh, three games. But it's still, you have enough to judge these teams so far. And again, we're only going by what we've seen so far. So there are teams that are on the list that are going to fall off the list, and there are teams that are off the list that are certainly going to climb on the list, correct? Right. So it's a balance of, you know, because it's so early in the season, uh, part of that formula, there's not really a formula like percentage wise, but uh, a lot of it's based on how I still think the team is going to play. But the rule of thumb is still that uh, no team under 500 can make the power rankings. So that's something I wanted to stick to even in the early going. So I had a I had a scramble after last night's uh, Steinberg loss. Yeah, it changed. Yeah, that, uh, yes, that definitely, that definitely changed them. Yeah, because now they're two and three. Um, well, let's talk about the Steinberg team. Had they have won and been three and two, where in the top nine would you have had them? I had them slotted at number five. So it's crazy to think that just one loss would drop them from five to like 12th because I, you'll see I actually ranked the top 11 teams because 11 teams are 500 or better. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's definitely a team that I expect to be there uh, later on in the season. And uh, it's kind of reminiscent to uh, the game they played against us last year. It was a Wednesday night at Municipal, and uh, it was just their worst game of the season. And they were mercied, and I think it was right after that game that they turned it around. So uh, we'll see what happens. It might be a similar situation this year. But sticking to the rule, if you are under 500, you are not on the list so right no no exceptions no exceptions even though it's it's early now and teams that are you know two and three or you know one and two or whatever uh, that'll change throughout the course of the season as we get later on it makes more sense right as we played 10 games 12 games 15 games it makes more sense if you're under 500 you don't belong on the list okay so let's uh let's start at the bottom then um we'll start with number 11 all right so number 11 11 teams that are 500 or better um, I would assume that we're starting the teams that are 11, 10, are they going to be the teams that are sitting at 500 or am I incorrect there? Uh, around there. Yeah. We got Kessler at number 11. 
All right, Kessler's at eleven. They're two and two on the year thanks to their win yesterday. They're two and two, and uh, so yeah, so a big win yesterday. Uh, still, like, why are they at the bottom out of uh, all the other five hundred teams? Uh, you know, some of those losses are still so lopsided. And uh, again, you don't want to overvalue one game, one performance. But last night was impressive. But uh, still, got to see more from them. Okay, uh, at number ten is who? Got the Marco. Got the Marco. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they play off of Union Hill and when they're not facing uh, Farisi. So that could, <laughs> that could be a challenge. <laughs> right, right now, right now they're two and zero against uh, pitchers who are Cowboys. So. I don't know how they're going to do against non-Cowboy teams. 2-0 and on Union but, Hill as well. So that's yes, something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Uh, and also, a double-digit run against Pace is just hard to keep up. So they got to play uh, better defense to you know, keep up how much stock, the rest of the league. How much stock do you put into the run differential? I think it's significant uh, over the long run. I, I, I put a decent amount. Uh, you know, a team who keeps losing one-run games uh, is often better than what the record shows, I do believe. It's tough because, you know, on one hand, I do believe that uh, good teams figure out a way to win, you know, as that cliche is. But also sometimes it's just, you know, bad luck. You know, you if you lose a couple of one-run games, yeah, look at, uh, shows look at, that you're right there. Look at Team Goddard. Goddard is 0-3. <laughs> And all three of his losses have been walk-off losses. Crazy. I don't mean to. I don't, I don't mean to laugh, but that is just look. It's the unlucky nature of the scheduling that they were the road team for three games in a row, the first three games of the year. Had they been the home team, they could be three and zero right now. Right, but and here's an example of like, okay, so they're zero three, like negative one run differential. Uh, so on one hand, okay, they're better than zero three record, but. You know how it is playing on a team that keeps losing is that sometimes that feeling can snowball. So even though they're a better team than their 0-3 record might indicate, you know, if they go 0-4, if they lose a doubleheader and go 0-5, then, you know, people are going to start getting antsy on that team. So I, I it can snowball. I don't know what that feeling's like being on a team that keeps losing. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> uh, uh, let's go to the next team on the list. Uh, number nine, who do we have? We got LaRocca. LaRocca. I promise you they so, will not stay at nine for long. <laughs> no, and yeah, right. So once Sagliata starts hitting, uh, they're going to move up. Uh, Jordan Rosenthal is a tremendous hitter. Uh, I think he's going to keep climbing up offensively. And uh, Santa Rita, I, you know, I haven't seen him in person. You know, I heard he hit a couple of bombs, and he's still, you know, figuring out the league, you know. So, but if he has that potential, then... No, they're definitely going to be higher later on. I have them in my personal power rankings in the top three. That's, you know. Is that going to be published? Uh, You're going to hear about your... I mean, I could, you know, I could, could, you know, think about what what I like, you know. I, I can tell you who my top three teams are after... Uh, after the power rankings, but LaRocca would be number three. Right. LaRocca is number three on my list. All right. All okay. right. So move and, on uh, number number eight. That's where we are, Team Pollock. Talk to me about your team. team because Pollock. Talk to All me right. about your team because I, I, I have my thoughts on your team. Um, 
you know, obviously I think that there's different places you could have gone in the draft. Um, I think you got I think you got screwed by your rating. Um, and I think you would have been better off if you were a two and if Matt was a five. Um, but your team is still the same Pollock team that you're going to see every single year, which is just a sound team that does not make mistakes. And that goes a long way in Marlboro softball. If you don't make mistakes, you will win more games than you lose, guaranteed. You said it. Uh, it's, that's exactly right. That's how I feel about our team is we don't we don't give them a lot of outs on the bases. We don't give a lot of outs in the in the field. We don't give guys extra bases. Um, our four outfielders, you know, let me look at me in left center field. If you if you rank all the left center fielders. Uh, probably going to be towards the bottom there, you know, like defensively. I'm like, like I'm okay defensively, but I'll obviously not towards the top. And but left to right, uh, you don't see a lot of Gold Glove nominees. But we are we're guys who make the catches. We throw to the right base, and I think that's what you need out of an outfield more than anything. You you hit the cutoff. Uh, you're you're you you guys you guys yeah. hit the cutoff, which I love. <laughs> you guys hit the cutoffs. Yeah, and I mean, look, we got. The best, best shortstop mm-hmm. in Nick. We got Val- Valentino. I have to say, I'd never seen Valentino play third before. Uh, he's tremendous. He's a star. At third base. Yeah. I, I knew he had a good reputation at third base, but he's he's great at third base. Yep. Robbed me of uh, two hits. Um, uh, All right. Last, yeah, last time we played. You want to hear a special staff at a podcast? Yes. Only, only a few people know this about our team. Okay. So I'm going to jinx us now. All right. So last five games that we've played in April. So this goes back to like 2017. We've lost our last five April games. So we're on a five game losing streak in April, but out of the last 24 May and June games, we're 23 and one. Wow. That is an incredible stat. Incredible. So now that I said that we just did Harris a favor because we played this week. That's an incredible stat. That's like that's like looking at the Patriots going four and zero in December, you know, like something like that. That is that's an inc- twenty three and one in May and June. Twenty three and what now? I'd rather have that stat in October. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, twenty three and one at any stretch of the season. It's a, it's a nice number. Damn. Okay. All right. Uh, and you guys are number eight currently on the power rankings, the updated power rankings, version two point Correct. Let's move to number. Yeah. Let's move to number seven. Who do we have at number seven? Preseason favorites, uh, Team Woman. Team Woman, right now. Okay. And dealing, uh, with, you know, dealing lot, with the injuries, but you know who isn't dealing with injuries. I mean, the Clamper is a big injury, and I know Minocchio did a great job uh, filling in. Like all bowl, I feel like all bowlers and cornhole players make for good pitchers. Yes. So you know, so Minocchio is a good filling, but let's face it. Uh, you know, one of their strengths was having clamped you know on the mound so well hopefully he comes back uh they've given up 16 runs 14 runs 12 runs last three games uh they got a break playing us <laughs> that first week where he couldn't score runs uh you know but other than that they've been giving up a fair share of runs so a little inconsistency there all right number six on the list who we got Pulzer. Pulzer at number six uh you know, it's only been four games, but you look at the standings, uh, look at the league leaders. They got four guys hitting above 600. Uh, 
as far as like, I was going back and forth between, you know, Polzer and Wallman. I think just, uh, just the injury concerns with Clamp is what puts Polzer well, just ahead for now. And, and from, I mean, look, I'm an offensive guy, so Polzer scoring 51 <laughs> runs in the four games, that gives me, that, that to me gives them the edge. Yeah, and we haven't had that Polzer shutdown game as a pitcher. Like, they've been giving up runs, but, you know, he has the ability to just, you know, pitch these masterful games where, I know it's underhand softball, but, you know, he's one of those rare pitchers who can shut down an offense. Yep, yep. We've seen that uh, certainly in the past, and we've seen it uh, with other pitchers like AJ this year. Just ask uh, LaRocca about that game. Actually, don't, Mm -hmm. because he probably doesn't remember it. Um, (laughs) Moving on, we're into the top five now. The top five teams in the power rankings, uh, version 2.0. At number five, who do we have? We got Conti. We got Conti, who I I think I uh, overlooked a little preseason. Uh, you know, looking at the roster, well, one thing I, well, before I get to the roster, like one thing I've always liked about Conti is like really strong uh, softball IQ and, you know, like watching the games on like Wednesday nights, notice a lot of like just bad decision by managers. I would say, you know, like where they place their fielders and, mm-hmm. you know, what is, don't want to single anyone out, but, you know, I feel like Conti doesn't have those mistakes. I'll single it out. Last night there was a situation where, um, I thought Lapine completely botched. I mean, look, it did. It wouldn't have mattered the way that the ball was hit, but they, you know, you intentionally walked. It's a tie game. It's the bottom of the ninth. You intentionally walked the bases loaded, which is the right move. There's one out. At that point, mm-hmm. at that point, any ball in the outfield wins the game, right? So why not just put six guys in the infield and just play yeah, with two outfielders? Because six guys any, in the infield, any ball to the outfield, that, any ball to the outfield wins. A sack fly wins the game. You're not throwing anybody out at the plate. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. Not when the other team pinch runs one of their fastest guys. So it's not going to happen. So I would just load up the infield, and if the ball is hit on the ground, you cut down the run at home. That's what you have to do in not, that situation. And not only that, but you got to replace the catcher in that situation. You know, well, if you're going to have a you tru- play, yeah, yeah. If you but listen, Denny trusts himself to make the catch, so I'm not going to argue with that. But uh, I, I think that it didn't matter the way that the ball was hit. The ball was a base hit over the shortstop's head into left center field anyway. So there was a good, clean hit to win the game. But I'm saying at that point, you have to position your fielders, knowing that listen, a sack fly wins the game. So it doesn't matter how many outfielders you have; just you have to clog up the infield there. Right. And even just like during the games, like you just see like the defense alignment, like in the outfield, like guys aren't shifting over. Guys are playing the same depth, no matter who's up. Guys are playing against the fence, like opposite field you know, against guys who would never reach there. So you see a lot of that uh, with a lot of teams. So, uh, you know, that's that's I think one advantage that Conte must have. Again, I haven't seen, you know, his team in action, but I imagine that that's not a. That's not yeah. an issue. And well, you have a guy like Mamone who just controls the outfield. So Conti's got right. the high baseball IQ. He's there at shortstop. He's controlling the game in the infield. And Mamone's a veteran. He's controlling everybody in the outfield. So it's a good balance with that Conti team. Uh, let's talk about the team at number four. Who do we have? Four, I got Harris. And uh, I thought they were underrated uh, before the season. And, uh, you know, they're playing well now. Uh, again, just as you said about our team, they just have smart players who don't give away outs. I mean, you look at, you know, the top of that draft, uh, Callow, Bykovsky, Gluck, Shefkin, you know, just veteran players and who can still play. Yeah. 
You know, it's, it's not like I know some might say like Shefkin's not the same Shefkin, but he could still play, you know, a high caliber. So, you know, all those guys, Kushner, you know, as the fifth pick, another veteran. That, so uh, I'll tell you what, the the Wags AJ Rookie mm-hmm. of the Year race is going to be one to watch throughout the whole season because Wags is just off to a great start. <laughs> Yeah, great point. And like to be successful, like what you want to have happen is you want to have a couple of picks in there who play two rounds better than where they were drafted. You know, whether it's a rookie, usually that's where you get a good rookie in that those yeah. middle rounds that can do that. And well, that dude was drafted in the seventh, and he's playing like a three, so maybe a two. So um, that, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely playing uh, above his draft position, which is helping his team. Uh, can't argue with that. Now, um, you have the three undefeated teams, I assume, in the top three. Obviously, they're the three that are left. Is that a rule of thumb that if you're undefeated, you got to be at the top no matter what? It is. It is. So, just as you said, uh, I feel like until you lose a game, nobody can knock you. Okay. And, you know, what? once you lose a game, you, you know, if you're a 5-0 and fluky team, you know, nobody can knock you. But once you lose, and that's, <laughs> that's when the critics can start chirping a little bit. But uh, until then, you, you have the right. You have the right to be at the top, I feel. Okay, so who's number three? Number three is Lombardi. I can't and believe so people actually – I, I, can't, I, I can't believe people overlooked that team before the season started. I mean, their top is just incredible. You start off with the Blackburns, and it's just already an insane team. And then Holmes and, and Jason Young have been great. So And Jim's a very good pitcher, very underrated pitcher. That's a very good team. That's a very, very good team that I don't know why they were overlooked before the season started. Yeah, and as Lugos pointed out last week, like very fast, and as you just said, I, to me, Lombardi is my least favorite pitcher to, to go against. You know, out of, out of all these, all the recent position players who turn themselves into pitcher, I think he's the best. He's uh, he also and, he also has a very with apologies slow, to my brother. He also has a very <laughs> slow motion. He's like the Japanese pitcher, you know, with the very slow wind up. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's Lombardi with his uh, very. He's very methodical when he uh, gets into his wind up. Yeah, and he's a trendsetter with that mask. I think was was he the first person to wear the pitcher's mask? Probably. He was smart. I think he so. knew. He knew. Yeah, he absolutely knew. He's a smart guy. Uh, okay, now two and one uh, are interesting because uh, I'm obviously in this mix. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, where do you have me? Am I two or am I one? I got you number one. So number two, we got Pingaro. Number two is Pingaro. And, uh, you know, you talked to, I think a lot of people before the draft or after the draft, uh, again, underrated Pingaros. I was definitely one of those people. And, uh you know, you talk to anyone who was down on that team, like one of the first things they brought up was taking Ortiz too early as a two, and uh, they've shut everyone up. Yep. You know, I guess people who know Ortiz knew that, listen, like he, he deserves to be a two. And uh, so I haven't seen him, you know, in person, but everything I've heard is that he's the real deal. And the Torontos are off to just a ridiculous start. I mean, Anthony is, uh, I mean, you look at the leaderboard, what is he? Mm-hmm. At 700, seven something right now to start the year. 750, Anthony, to start they the year. They are. So. Yeah. And, uh, you know, last year they, they both batted under 500. So that was another decision. But, like, they, both right, had, but know, they both had monster fall seasons, which is now okay. ca- which is now carrying over into this season as well. Yes. So uh, they're a number two team that, uh, 
yes, they're they're you know partly they're undefeated, but they're going to be there in the long run. Yes. I think too. Um, so now, okay, so you have me at one, you have them at two. We'll talk about my team in just a second, but I agree with your top two, and I said LaRock is my third team. So if I was ranking them right now, I go, you know, myself, Pingaro, and LaRocca as the top three teams. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. I think LaRocca is going to be there uh, in the long run. They've had a little inconsistency, uh, but again, it's only been a couple of games. Okay, talk, uh, talk, so to, talk to me about my team. What's, what's your take? Eh. <laughs> uh, for obviously uh tremendous offense uh you know uh but the the big key is fracking as a pitcher and uh you know if he's cutting down on his walks then you're gonna be really difficult to beat and i know early season success some of it was you know darren k who I, you know, I hope he's feeling better. I hope he gets on the field. I don't know what the latest update is. We're gonna give him a but, couple. Uh, we're gonna give him a couple of weeks. That's the latest update. Um, he, we were going right. to. So, uh, full disclosure, and, and anyone listening will tell you. I'll tell you, we were gonna replace Darren this week. Um, he was gonna, he was out. He got his first diagnosis from the doctor was bad, and he was gonna be done, and that's it. Surgery, and we're gonna replace him. Uh, he got a second opinion, and the second opinion is is a very optimistic opinion so uh he's gonna try a different treatment protocol with the with this doctor and hopefully it works and we'll get a decision very soon uh we're not gonna let it linger so that you know he's out for five weeks and then all, then we have to replace him we'll know sooner rather than later but uh hopefully um we get good good results back and we get darren back on the field because through the first couple of games i mean he's really been the heart of the team and uh i'm so happy you know that he's just back in the league. Everyone is very happy that he's back in our league. And, uh, you know, we obviously mm-hmm. we want him back on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, as you said, uh, if it's if it's even missing like four weeks and you, you can weather that storm. Yeah, he's already missed one week. He'll miss, he'll miss this Sunday. That's two. If he misses two more weeks, then, you know, he comes back. That's fine. You know, the, he you know, he's basically has a month off, and then he comes back, and he missed four games. There are guys in this league that miss more than – they miss four or five games anyway without being injured. So, um, you know, I'm not worried. I hope to get him back. Uh, and if, you know, if obviously if we can't, we, we, you know, you have to replace him and move on. It happens. Um, I've told several people this. Uh, it might sound silly, but as a rookie captain, Mitch, I, I want to – I want to win with the team that I drafted. I want to play with the team that I drafted, you know? And I know replacement players happen all the time, but it's just, it's different because it's not the team that you drafted. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we've been in that situation uh, and uh, everything you say is accurate. Yeah. I mean, both, both teams that we've won with have been the teams that we drafted. So we've been in that situation. You don't want, you don't want any naysayers to say, oh, you only won because of, you know, you got that replacement. Now, no one would say that to your team anyway, but uh, what you said is true. Well, it's like you well, want, you want yeah. and, and, the, and the replacement that I would get is honestly the fairest replacement in the history of replacements because the player was mm-hmm. drafted in the same exact spot as Darren the past three seasons. And uh, if I'm being honest, if both players were in the draft, I'd probably take him over Darren uh, just because I've played with him before and Darren was an unknown coming into the league. So if that's my replacement, it's as fair as it's going to be, and um, it it would it's not going to change my team any any one iota because that's my, that's the team I would have had anyway if both players were available in the draft. 
Um, right. Let's talk about uh, this Sunday's games, okay? Give me a quick uh, yeah. quick take on who do you think is going to win these games. LaRocca takes on Goddard at the Swim Club. Team Goddard, as I mentioned, 0-3, having lost every game in walk-off fashion. That is just, uh, what a bummer. What a bummer. Heartbreaking. Yeah. And I think the heartbreak's going to continue. I like LaRocca in the game. As you said, they're like number three on your ranking, so I'm yes. sure you like LaRocca too. I do. Uh, and, so. and you know and you know what sucks is that I think Goddard's the road team again. So look, mm. it's going to pay off for him later on in the season when he's got a bunch of games in a row that he's the home team. But if they lose in another walk-off, I don't know what Mark's going to do. <laughs> I just don't know. No, and can you imagine and uh, that trip, that long trip to East Francis for their second game against Conti? Yes. That, that's yes. going to be a tough Okay, now tough let's, let's, let's talk about that game. How do you like Goddard's team against Conti's team? I like Conti. Uh, I think it's going to be a big week for Conti. So that includes uh, his game against Trashinsky. Uh East Francis, East Francis, I think, favors good defenses. Uh, Dushinsky's not scoring runs anyway, so I think they're going to struggle to score on East Francis. And uh, just as a matchup going back to Conti versus Goddard, uh, especially if Goddard loses that first game. Where I their think heads be at, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I like Conti there. Even if Goddard won that first game, I, I think Conti is just a better team. All right, I'm going to give Goddard the split. I think he gets his first win tomorrow. There's going to be a split of the two games, and I'll give Conti a split. Of his two games. So that's where we're going there. So I'll go LaRocca over Goddard, Conti over Drashinsky, Goddard over Conti in the second game. How about that? Sounds good. Uh, I, I'm rooting for Goddard to win a game too. So Okay. I'll give I'll give the preview of your game against Harris uh, at Manalapin. Those fields are fantastic. Um, I love them. They should be used as a priority over some of the other fields in Marlboro. Um, but I understand <laughs> permits are, you know, a little difficult. Uh, this is a good game. Um, I think it's a coin flip. I would lean towards Harris because I like their offense a little bit more than than your team, and they're the home team, which gives them the hammer. So that's why I would lean with Harris here over you guys tomorrow, or I mean on Sunday. I can't. I mean, obviously, I would, I'm not going to pick my game, and I, I have a lot of confidence in our team, but uh, I, I can't uh, second guess you for that. You know, I like Harris's team a lot. I think so too, I think I think that game I'm going to give you a score prediction. That is a 7-6 game. That's the score prediction. I can see that. Okay. I can see I don't I don't love playing on the Allison. I don't I don't love playing on that. I don't love hitting there. So um I, I do. Yeah, I'm hoping All right. Yeah. I that's another field that just I, I don't think I've ever played on field 2 though. So maybe maybe field 2 will give me a uh, different vibes. Okay. Uh, another game at Manalpin, Polzer against Lapine. Um, I'm going to go Polzer in this one. Uh, I think you're going to do the same. Yes. Uh, don't like Lapine's defense uh, at all. I, I think that's going to be a problem all year. I uh, like Polzer's team a lot. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Polzer hasn't had that shutdown game yet. Uh, it's tough to do that against Lapine's offense. They have such a good offense. Yep. But uh I I don't know. I'm getting I'm getting a feeling that they're gonna have one of those uh, like eleven to three games. Okay, I can see that happening. Uh, Demarco yeah. against Steinberg at the middle school. Steinberg coming off a tough loss on Wednesday, and Demarco looking to cure the non uh, Cowboy Mike Blues. This is a really tough. I this is a really tough game. It's funny because. Now that the now that Steinberg lost that Wednesday night game, 
I actually think I'm more confident in picking Steinberg. I think they're going to bounce back. But I, this is a make-or-break game almost. It's hard to say that any game is a must-win this early in the season. Yeah. But you got guys who can get down themselves, you know, quickly if the losses pile up. And mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the advantages of picking guys that, you know, you played with last year and so many of them. But after that Wednesday night loss, I, I kind of see them getting back in the win column. Uh, DeMarco, what a tough weekend, uh, you know, tough Sunday. They got Steinberg and Lombardi back-to-back. So how do you think DeMarco fares against Lombardi's team? I think they're going to beat Lombardi. I, I see um, Blackburn, uh, see Blackburn's a uh, little banged up. I don't think he's playing shortstop this week. So, you know, that's going to hurt them. Uh, I don't see Lombardi going 5-0. and And, uh, you know, we'll get to the Lombardi versus Farisi pick later. But, you know, in the event that Lombardi does win that first game, I don't see them going 5-0. and So I'm going to take uh, DeMarco. Pingaro against Kessler. Will Pat improve to five and zero? Oh? I do. I, until they lose, I, I would just keep picking Pingaro. Yeah. You know, they're they're a hot team. They look really good right now, and I don't see any reason to pick against them. All right, Marone against Goldfarb. Goldie picking up their first win of the season in walk off fashion on Wednesday. Got to feel good going into this Sunday's game. I actually like Marone here. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because like last year you had a uh, team Lapine. There was like a lot of preseason uh, hype, and then we kept waiting for them to come around, and they never did. Uh-huh. And part of me thinks, uh, oh, is that going to be like Maroon this year? But I don't think so. I think Maroon's going to win this one. Okay. Uh, I think Goldfarb has a little trouble scoring runs, so I yeah. think that's going to continue here. How about Lombardi now against Faris? That's the first game that Lombardi plays of his doubleheader, and that's uh, at Union Hill left. I'm, I'm going to go with Farisi here. Uh, another tough matchup, tough tough one to pick. I think uh, Chase Sandler is going to have a big breakout game. That's that's the prediction. A couple of bombs from Chase and a win for Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then pick my game. Uh, I play against Wallman at Union Hill right. Now, normally, I this is a tough because you're, you're missing a shortstop. You're kind of caught in between. Is a good time for Wallman to play you. Who, who's playing shortstop for you? Me. Uh, You're playing sure. Yep. One ball. One ball hit to me last week. Made the play. Fielding percentage is a thousand. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, Ed's, I, Ed's just gonna, gonna Ed's just gonna pitch the ball outside and keep the ball away from me. That's all. I'm 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 going with you guys still. Uh, and listen, top, we scored, top team and, in the power and, and we did score 21 runs on Sunday without Darren. So. And you're on and you're on Union Hill. Yes, and we're on Union Hill. Which place you're to, on Union place Hill. Uh, they're missing. They're missing Clamper. I'm yeah. assuming. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm going with you guys. So, yeah. Uh, obviously, if Clamp's there, it makes a difference. Um, he makes a difference on the mound. He makes a huge difference batting too. He might be, you know, their second best hitter, third best hitter on the team behind uh, mm-hmm. Lugos and, and Tony. Um, but uh, yeah, have without Clamp, that's they're you know they're in a bad spot. And you know, listen, I'm not, I'm not gonna you know I'm not injuries happen. We're, I'm without Darren, who's been my best player, you know, besides Ed. So um, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. I think Union Hill does favor us. We got back to back Union Hill games, so I'm very happy. We play that's Sunday, nice. <laughs> we play Sunday at Union Hill, and then we have the Sunday night game next week. So very happy about that. That's awesome. 
Well, Mitch, this was fun. Uh, thank you for updating the power rankings. We'll get an updated version um, in a couple of weeks after a couple of more games are played. And I assume the blog post will be out for everybody to read uh, so they can read about their teams as well. Correct? Yeah, sometime tomorrow will be out. Perfect. Thanks so much, dude. All right. Thanks for having me. There he is, Mitch Pollock, with the updated Pollock Power Rankings. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Thanks for listening to this episode of Marlboro Softball Talk, available wherever you get your podcasts from. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And I'll see you out at the fields on Sunday. Good luck, everyone.